How powerful is the Cox Network? So powerful that one day, the internet will let your doctor perform miracles from thousands of miles away. Connecting to remote operating room. Giving a whole new meaning to the term house call. Operation complete. The Cox Network. With gig speeds everywhere, it's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, bringing us closer. In Cox serviceable areas, speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms apply. Other restrictions may apply. Welcome to the podcast that marries your two favorite pastimes, the Denver Broncos and beer. I am here with my co-host, John Cronenberg. You can find him on Twitter at John K NFL. You can find me, Dr. Nicholas Manning at DR underscore N Manning, or you can find the podcast orange and brew at orange underscore and underscore brew on Instagram, Twitter, and spoutable. Still working on that one, trying to figure that one out before we get into uh, a ton of Bronco talk, as well as just uh, a little bit of insight into Denver sports in general. John, how are you? I'm doing real well. I think there's a lot of uh, positivity in my mind where uh, some we have some good news coming for the podcast down the line. So I'm excited about that. And uh, just in general, just things are going very well. And uh, yeah, there's there's nothing to complain about. It was a little hot for those past two days. And now we have a nice cool down on Friday. And I'm just I'm I'm kind of enjoying the coldness again. We, you know, this is one of the last times we're going to get it. So, yeah, I'm 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 having a good time. What about yourself, Doctor? Yeah, be careful though, okay? Because it's Colorado. So when you say one of the last times, I don't know if I believe that. However, it is nice. You know, a, a little bit. It's not going to be overly terrible. Uh, I'm a bit worried. My eight-year-old daughter and my nephew have a uh, soccer game tonight at six thirty. Ah, I see that. Who that that makes things different. Who knows if we'll still play? My daughter is super pumped about it. Me standing on the sidelines, yelling at eight-year-olds to uh, to square it in, uh, you know, clear it out. All of the the soccer talk that I am learning still because uh, I didn't play soccer. Um, we'll see. However, had a had a good softball week. Played in four games the last two days. One three, lost one. Uh, played pretty well for this old guy. Had a had a young guy call me quick, you know. He's like he's what probably like twenty. He's like what twenty. Call you? He said you're. He said, "Man, you're quick." I was running oh, the bases. I, I said, said "No, said I'm. I'm not. Else, I just man. when I get momentum going, I can't stop. So I'm just. I'm. I'm fast because I don't have a break anymore. I'm just too old for that crap. Um, yeah, it's like uh, for me, it'd be going downhill. You know, if we were like yeah, chasing yeah, one yeah, of exactly. those I'm running wheels. down. I'm running downhill yeah. all the time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I I do got some wheels. It just it, it doesn't feel the same. A little bit more creaky. Need some WD-40 in those joints. But um, overall, good week. And my kids yeah. don't know. I'm going to take them to see Super Mario Brothers this weekend. Oh, when are you yeah. seeing it? On Sunday. Me too. I'm actually oh, yeah. excited to nice. see it. Yeah. Nice. Um, yeah. Pumped about it. It's, yeah. It, it looks like a, a fun movie. Just oh, yeah. It, it looks great. Reviews have been know, pretty good. Uh, all of my kids can go. See so even my um, pain in the butt three-year-old who cannot remain still unless it's a cartoonish movie and this one fits the bill plus me and my wife get to uh 
you know, you, you get to watch something that was from your childhood. Yeah. Uh, smash some popcorn before I try and go on a on a, a eating well kick. We'll see. We'll see. Those always sound great. But uh, just to lead in a little bit, we got, you know, in my opinion, we have a pretty fun, pretty fun couple of months ahead. Ideally, getting us all the way to Broncos training camp, because right now the boys are lifting. So we have no news, which to me is good news. Right. No one's getting in trouble. No one's got picked up. Knock on wood. Uh, no one's got hurt. So we uh, we will move to the Colorado Avalanche, the defending Stanley Cup champions, who have one more game tonight in Nashville, making up a rainout game. Yeah, a rainout game for a game played inside. Just uh, their, their arena is not very good. So uh, if they win, the Avalanche, who a couple months ago were out of playoff contention, they have played themselves into if they win tonight, they are essentially the two seed in the West. They win the Central Division again, which is just phenomenal. Phenomenal. Uh, the, the team's playing fantastic. I thought that they were gutsy last night, being able to pull out a win against the Jets after the news that Captain Gabriel Landeskog is going to be out uh, for the remainder of the playoffs. Uh, just didn't get right. You and I were talking about, uh, you know, the injury looked like it occurred in Game six against the Stars in the bubble in 2020 when Kale McCarr's skate flipped right above his knee, sliced him all the way to the bone. So they had to reconnect uh, ligaments, and things just didn't didn't feel right. He's kind of powered through things that felt okay at times, not so good at times, and he just couldn't get right for the season. So, you know, rightfully shut him down, let him rest. He hasn't been able to play. By the time he would be able to even, in my opinion, get in kind of shape to play, you know, is he going to be better than what you have on ice with how rusty he might be? I don't know. I mean, emotionally, it probably would be really fantastic. But uh, the team's played really well without him. They've adapted to uh, his style of or, or the style of play without their captain. Miko Rantanen just scored his 55th goal. Guy is just a monster, a monster. The most in avalanche history. Not not franchise history, because that goes back to Quebec, uh, but has been phenomenal. He's been great. And Nathan McKinnon has been, you know, since he's come back from injury, the best player on the planet. And that isn't hyperbole. It's not hometown. It's he's just he's phenomenal. The pace that he is on in points per game is just fantastic. He's controlling the game in just so many different ways. And Georg uh, Giev pickup is, is playing really well. He's he's been a revelation in goal, especially for the contract that they're paying him. You know, gave up a couple twos, uh, and play, paying him a, in my opinion, a pretty reasonable contract, less than they would have paid Darcy Kemper. So, uh, overall, got to feel really good about this team. And then also, you know, the the team that plays in the can is the Western Conference one seed, the Denver Nuggets, who will find out who they play tonight, whether it be the Minnesota Timberwolves or the Oklahoma City Thunder. I'm hoping that it's the Timberwolves because the Thunder are a little scary. They got a lot of really good young talent. I think that they're playing much better than they realize that they should be. Um, they're going to be a team that's going to be a problem over the next few seasons, uh, especially when uh, when everyone gets healthy. So I'm hoping not to see them, hoping the youth catches up. You know, they crumble a little bit. Uh, but Minnesota is just... Uh, you know, Tim Connolly's got his work cut out for him. I hope that he really enjoys that Minnesota weather. 
he did get a percentage of the team, so good for him. You know, in the end, he secured the bag for his family. But uh, um, the Nuggets are the superior franchise, that's for sure. So, you know, some really exciting stuff. You got the NBA, the NBA playoffs coming soon uh, with an opportunity to be able to, uh, you know, there's no real clear-cut Western Conference team. You know, Golden State is a is a really good squad, and so are the Suns, in my opinion. You never know with the with the Lakers, but none of them, in my opinion, are head and shoulders. So I think that this is the season, and and time for the Nuggets. They've shown to be able to compete with with all of the teams in the East, which I think is um, is a really good barometer for for what they can and what they should be. So uh, both of those teams, in my estimation, uh, will go pretty far. I think. You know, finals or bust for the Nuggets is fair. Um, you know, maybe if they catch a red-hot Warriors team with everyone healthy, they push it to seven games, maybe you feel okay about that. But I think that they have to play really well. They have to play really, really well for us to feel good about anything less than uh, than a trip to the NBA Finals. Yeah, someone who's kind of not been able to watch it due to some contract issues with their uh with not Hawaii us. not our contract no, issues there you go yes not our contract issues but uh haven't been able to watch the games uh it's been you know it's been a little bit difficult to get the news out there games have been you know blacked out uh even when they are nationally televised so it's it's difficult and I think uh you know I'm very hopeful basically with the playoffs that you know we're able to see the games at least for for Comcast viewers uh, and, and get it on those other channels and those other networks, uh, just because it, it is so so much fun to get involved with the city when everybody's cheering about it and you know experiencing it last year with the apps. I think everybody get, came away a little bit feeling a little bit better, especially coming off of you know COVID and all that different things. Um, it, it made a huge difference, and and for me personally, I'm I'm getting ready for spring ball for all these different uh, football teams for. Uh, college i'm excited for the rams and the and the buffs both uh have their spring ball game on the uh, 23rd and uh it will be fun and one of them obviously in the buffs going to be on espn and afterwards after the uh, uh spring ball game you you can watch a 30 for 30 on dion so i'm very excited about that it's coming up uh pretty much is it next week Mm-hmm. Next, next week. Wow. That is, that is fast. These teams have to get going so quickly. It's amazing with, uh, with that on top of school, that really is the hard part too. Uh, just, I remember getting through college if in the business school was hard enough on its own. So, uh, you know, some of those kids that are doing engineering business, they're taking a lot on. Yep. Uh, yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, you know, as a Florida state fan, uh, Jordan Davis opportunity to, uh, or sorry, Travis's opportunity to um, to be a Heisman Trophy candidate. So that's super yeah. exciting. Uh, Avalanche, I would say Western Conference Finals, you know, maybe opportunity to match up against the Oilers again would be uh, would be pretty phenomenal uh, in a good round. I, I think that they could beat Vegas. Uh, I, I, they'd have a tough time, I think, against Boston. But once you get there, I think that this team feels confident. So I think we're going to be talking a lot of, of, you know, local sports going over the next couple of months and uh, excited for, for the Colorado based teams. Definitely see you in the, uh, the fireworks that are happening right now, you know, with, uh, with Dia and what he's brought up there to Boulder, but uh, it's exciting time. You know, it's exciting yeah. time. And uh, the Rockies right now are playing baseball. So that's good. Uh, yeah. You know, we but, didn't expect but... a lot. So uh, a couple of, 
you know, a couple of competitive months will be good. Let the young guys get some opportunities and uh, we'll see how it goes. But before we get into our first Broncos topic, I'm going to go ahead and start with beer. May or may not have had this on the podcast before. Don't care. I'm going to go ahead and have some again. So this is Odell Brewing Company's Drum Roll Hazy Pale Ale. The drum roll fills you with anticipation, much like the notes of this hazy pale ale. Each year we select the rock star hops of the harvest to craft this bold, juicy, tropical, hop-forward brew, drumming up with a citrus-inspired rhythm for what's to come. So again, Odell Brewing Company out of Fort Collins. I'd go Rams and all that good stuff. So I am going to enjoy this. I'm going to slow sip on this 5.3 ABV pale ale here over the next little bit. Here we go. Pop top. Three. Two. Ooh, that was a yeah, good one. That was good. That was, a good start. That was real good. You know, it's not overly flavorful. I was expecting a little bit more punch, but it's good. It's crushable. And yeah. uh, in the end, kind of what you want so small dub as we roll into our first broncos topic broncos are uh they're meeting with a lot of folks as in prospects so we have a pretty wide array of of visits players that the broncos have met with uh the list in my opinion is too long however i would like to credit my guy scotty Payne over at mile higher report you can find him at Scotty, S-K-O-T-T-Y underscore Payne, P-A-Y-N-E. Put together a pretty fantastic draft interest tracker. Uh, he broke it down from Combine Pro, t- pro Day, Top 30 Visits, etc. Some pretty fantastic names. Yeah. John and I are going to talk a little bit about uh, just our take. You know, What do we think about who is on this list? Who are we excited about? Um, who are we surprised by? Who's reasonable? Uh, and maybe even just who is a little, you know, like he, I don't see him as a fit. You know, I don't I don't see him as a as a guy that really um, would be there. You know, they're, they're maybe they're reaching for someone that uh, that likely won't land to them. Right. What are your initial thoughts, John, as we dive in? Where, where would you like to start? I'll kick the ball to you. I'll go ahead and sip a little bit more of this drum roll. Easy yeah. I've been just seeing a lot of talk of uh, Rashid Rice, uh, wide receiver out of SMU lately. I found, uh, you know, he came in recently for a top 30 visit. I think that was uh, yesterday or the other day. And, uh, you know, for me, this brings up a question I have for you. Do you think the Broncos have to come away with a receiver in the draft this year? I, I, you and I talked about that a little bit before. Hmm. Maybe I've swain a little bit. I think it's important for the Broncos to to get another developmental player. I don't think that they need someone that will come and contribute on day one. I actually think that that would be a waste of of a draft pick unless someone just fell blows your mind. And uh, yeah, I, I, and I like Rasheed Rice. I think he's a he's a good prospect. I do think he's kind of a late round two early round three guys. So a guy that would fall to their first pick, I just think that they have more needs than, um, than that. He has someone that needs a little bit more development playing at SMU. The, you know, the opposition, the, the talent difference was, was there. So you don't really know what you're going to get. So I think it would be important for, uh, for them to be prepared. You know, if he's available, is that a guy that you want to take then? 
And if so, like you and I talked about, does that create some uh, opportunity to be able to move on from someone that's already on your roster? Uh, just because they don't want to trade them today, as in Cortland Sutton or Jerry Judy or KJ Hamler, et cetera, doesn't mean that they won't. If a prospect that can come in and fill that void for the next four years is available, that maybe they had graded much higher on their board, they got to be prepared for that. So I would expect or I would like probably them to take someone on day three tools guy that can play some special teams um, and uh, and really challenge for that wide receiver six, wide receiver seven. I That's agree. Just my take. So um, I would have liked them to take someone earlier. However, I think uh, the addition of Callaway and um, another year of health with Sutton, I think that this receiver group will be pretty good. And, you know, they don't need to necessarily tinker. If they can do it to get some extra picks and a guy like Rishi Rice is there at 67, then I think it's something to think about. Something to think about. Yeah, I'm in agreement with you there. I just don't think it. there's enough uh, really – of value there from the receivers where the Broncos are selecting right now. Mm -hmm. If there is a, if there is a trade or something like that happens, maybe we can talk about it, but I don't feel like someone like rice would necessarily fit the build, um, you know, comparatively to some of the other wide receivers. I think rice uh, had a lot of drop balls. I think we're looking to a similar prospect uh, like uh, KJ Hamler in the past with drops. So uh, just a a high risk guy. So I, I, if I were to go for a receiver, that would be, Early, I would like someone a little bit more refined, like you were talking about, more polished. Yep, yep. I agree. I agree, because yep. they're going to be taking the spot of someone that – I mean, KJ's big issue right now is just ability to stay healthy. All right. Runs great routes, has great speed, has toughness. So, I don't – you know, there is no day two receiver, in my opinion, that's better than him as their fourth receiver. So, to bring someone in, uh, you really got to feel really good about their ability to contribute pretty soon. Now, one player I want to ask you about is Jamie Robinson, the safety out of uh, Florida State. Yeah, um, my guy, Jamie. Yeah, let's just let me know a little bit more about him because uh, a lot of the safeties have been getting a little bit of a bad rap uh, from this draft class. Uh, a lot of people believing only a few players can really play the true safety role. Uh, what are you? What do, what do you see in Robinson, and, and where would he fit? Yeah, if in Denver he'd fit in kind of that nickel safety role i don't see him as a as as someone that really could you know be that deep free he doesn't have that kind of range uh shorter guy i believe he's like 511 510 511 he's just he's versatile he's he's tough he is able to battle with uh um with taller receivers with tight ends he he played uh, head up quite a bit there at florida state isn't scared of mixing it up in the run game he doesn't wow you as an athlete um, you know, maybe an average to above average athlete for a safety. He's just really smart, really smart player. Uh, has had got some good coaching, you know, in at Georgia and then the last few years at uh, at Florida State. So he's someone that I think can come in and contribute, picks up the game real quick, uh, has been a, a key contributor for the last several years, uh, a team leader, you know, that kind of stuff, but also be a guy that really could be well on special teams. So, uh, you know, to me, he's not like a long-term, wouldn't be a long-term replacement option for Justin Simmons, for instance. Two totally different players. Probably more like P.J. Locke. Uh, a little bit kind of that that stylistic of a player. Real feisty. Um, has an opportunity to to create some havoc. But 
I like him. I think he's a guy that uh, that can play anywhere, kind of in the middle, hash to hash. Um, and and that's something that's always valuable in this league, I think, uh, especially as people um, mix it up between middle field open, middle field close. So you have a guy that can come down and uh, and make some plays for you. Definitely, uh, definitely uh, agree with you though about uh, him kind of being that nickel kind of safety role. Just a little bit worried that we already have that in Caden Stearns, and you know, mm-hmm. if what does this mean if the Broncos were to select him in their view of Caden Stearns and his health? Essentially, would be sure. my question if uh, if a cor- if a excuse me a safety is brought is brought in that isn't someone like Sidney Brown from Illinois. Yeah, I, it would be one of those similar questions, actually, as uh, as we had with wide receiver, in my opinion. You'd have to get someone that really is you 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 can't pass him up, right? Like he's too good to pass up. You just got to figure the rest out. From what we've seen from Caden Stearns, when he's on the field, he's a better prospect than anyone the Broncos are going to get in in round three. Yep, I don't think anyone's worth trading up for, my opinion. Um, and so with that, I think. You know, that that is, uh, you know, maybe if he slips to mid or late day three or uh, round three, you know, is that someone that we would want to be able to uh, to take? There is also, you know, an opinion. Sometimes I think when they meet with guys. It is, you know, maybe it's, uh, um, you know, Jamie looks as uh, as a round two, round three guy. They don't have the capital to be able to go get him now, but. Maybe he's not a guy that you are confident in, depending on where he gets drafted, that they're going to re-up him, right? That they would be a team that would spend on that position. So you're kind of preparing yourself a little bit for what happens when he's a free agent. Is that someone that we'd be interested in? Or if he disappoints in year one and year two, could we flip him for a late a late pick uh, after that? Something like that. Right. As, Other as than well that, as... you know, because it's the same conversation that we were having maybe a little bit with Trenton Simpson, a linebacker out of Clemson, who – we think is is probably early round two, um, yeah. Early to to mid round two, really good athlete. Has really good tape from from Clemson, and probably at a position that they're not. You're not going to want to spend a pick that early when you have uh, when you have the likes of of Alex Singleton and Josie Jewell uh, there starting. You know, would you want to waste an earlier? It'd pick? be a luxury and, pick. A lot of it would these be a luxury would be, pick. A real yeah. luxury pick for sure. And, and so you know. For the Broncos, at least, for in my opinion, I don't think that's a huge upgrade in terms of coverage ability uh, over right. um, a- anyone really. You know, yeah. Jewel. The, you know, I'd, I'd say that's probably where they're similar, just because Simpson hasn't done it in the league yet, and you have someone else like Singleton who has done a real well job at it. So you yeah. know, what is he going to bring here to the team this year? Not not too much, actually. Yeah, and it's hard because with only five selections, you know, maybe if they had eight. Hmm. Could you pick in planning for Josie's contract to run out after the season? You bring him along slowly, sure. Especially if you really value that position, or you want to leverage Josie to, you know, something like that, which I wouldn't expect that they would do, especially now. Uh, but again, you know, maybe that's an interview for a second contract guy. But some other interesting names that I think, you know, Darnell Wright, offensive tackle. I think most of us believe he's going to be gone well before the Broncos pick. So, you know, meeting with uh, with him at the combine, knowing that when your selection is, I think that that one's interesting. You know, would that be a player that if they fell to late round two, would you be interested in moving up? Again, I don't think the cost 
to go from 67 to 60 would be, you know, uh, you know, maybe a, a pick swap, maybe a pick from 2024 to a team that's yeah. maybe light next year. Um, so that one's pretty interesting, you know, especially when you have Garrett Bowles and, uh, and my McGlinchey, I almost said yeah. Munchak twice. I don't know why. Um, I do know why, because Mike Munchak's dope. But, you know, the fact that they're looking at a tackle with uh, with that kind of athleticism makes you think a little bit, right, especially with the premium of that pick. Maybe it's the last year for Garrett Bowles is the way that I look at a little bit of that. I would be really excited if Darnell Wright were a selection. And he's been very adamant that he can play left tackle as very well. Adamant. Yep, and I think um, he can. I, yeah, you know, I think, I think that's why you it. have that's why you have a year uh, mm-hmm. to to develop yep, him absolutely and, and absolutely. Uh, get him right for that position. So uh, I I agree with that. I think it's a very interesting take. Um, and and for the Broncos, I think that is you know is going to be an upgrade. I think uh, all of us have, in Broncos country at one point visioned him as a right tackle for the Broncos, being there for five years in the first round at some point when the Broncos still had their first round right, pick. Right. Um, and, uh, so yeah, I would, I would love to bring him on board if that was an option to, to trade up for. Yeah, I, I would agree. Uh, speaking of tackles, Carter Warren, offensive tackle out of Pittsburgh, I think still has some, some work, probably, uh, or uh, a late day th- two, early day three guy, probably, probably mid third round is my, my guess. He's someone I think exactly fits your that mold. Could be a little bit stronger, you know, build a little bit up in the weight room. Uh, but a guy that's athletic enough has played a lot of left tackle in the ACC. That would be a, a solid move, in my yeah, opinion. Like, very athletic. Able to bring in. So I, I kind of like that hedging, right? We're going to meet with a guy that would be our that would be a phenomenal. You know, it would make us rethink our starting lineup now, right. and or. Uh, you know, a, a guy that's maybe more reasonable that should be there when we look at selecting um, or maybe even a trade up from what is it? One Oh four, their fourth round pick, something like that. Um, to be able to go get him back into round three. And maybe you, uh, maybe you're lucky enough. You trade back from one of your threes and then trade up again with that four. something. you know, it gives you just some flexibility to be aggressive. So I really like that. The one that I'm surprised at because there's no way in, H-E double hockey stick that uh, John Michael Schmidt is going to be around. So, you know, kind of meeting with meet with him at his pro day. One, yes, you should have been there for sure. Two, right. um, I don't see a way that he is a reasonable land. You know, he's going to be the first center that comes off the board, I assume. And in doing so, it's probably going to be in the Tyler Lindenbaum, Linderbaum, Linderbaum. You know what I'm talking Lindenbaum. about. Lindenbaum, yeah. Uh, you know, in that range, kind of in the late 20s, I think it's a good place to be able to grab a, a center, maybe early round two, um, early, you know, early early 40s. I know a lot of us uh, in mocks have, have had him go to us, fall to mm-hmm. us, and we're, we're like, yes, let's go yeah. ahead and select yeah, you run him. up with that. You run up and- with that. Yeah, of course, but it's one of those things where those are mocks, and you know, there's there's other teams where in this deep class of centers, mm-hmm. where um people are, they're going to get their center. If you have one that fits your mold, your system, get yours who fits your system, and I think that fits a lot for uh, the center out of Minnesota because again, he can, he's multiple system toolsy. Yeah. Um, so I think uh, for him, he's going to go first. 
Uh, and then by, by round three, I mean, I think there's already another center off the board. There's a probably yeah. two off the board three. Um, I just think it's that, that deep of a class where you want someone who can play center and guard. And I think there's a lot of guys that can do that. And, and if, you know, if you want to play guard first, they, they still could be a center, but you want to move them to guard just because that it's that kind of class. So yep. uh, I agree with you a hundred percent. I, it's someone who is kind of a, a pipeline dream for me, yep. which is interesting. I love centers. I, I love, uh, you know, what Minnesota does with their line and teaching their, their players, mm-hmm. but it's just one of those things. I just can't see it happening. It's yep. you know, similar to uh, Keely Ringo, who's a cornerback out of Georgia. Yes. Um, you know, in most, in most years, I think he goes in the first round very easily. Yeah, me too. Um, I think that he's going to be a seal for wh- whatever team gets him because yeah. I, I I think he'll just be undervalued uh, with yep. what he's where he's at. He'll he'll probably go in the second round. Yeah. Um, and uh, is he worth a trade up? I, I would consider that option. Uh, he yeah. he he has the speed. He has a different you know has the arm length uh, a lot that I would I would like. So I'm glad that the Broncos are taking their time to have a visit with him, discuss things with him, and and see his uh, what he's about. But Man, that's a, that's a long way up, and you you would have to have a lot of other cornerbacks go in front of him that were again teams' choices over him just because of the deep class. Yeah, I like that. I, it, it's one again where you want to be prepared if right guys fall all the time. You know, maybe the rest of the league also recognizes that that center is deep. So why do I want to waste round one, round two? Um, because of the gap, in their opinion, between Michael Schmidt and Avala or, you know, et cetera, is not that big. So, you know, why not take a more premium position? Uh, I think a lot of teams also don't value the center position as much. Value tackle guard. You know, you kind of recycle through centers. So I think that that is something to, you know, if he falls to us, you know, if, maybe if him and Ringo are on the board for some reason, I think you run those you, up there, both do? of them. I think you got to be prepared for that. Yeah. You got to be prepared for two guys that you love are, are there with picks, which is kind of not fair because they have 67 and 68. But say they're hell bent on moving back. We got to get more picks. One of those picks needs to go back. Who would we take if we only got one? I think you got to be prepared for that. So I really like it. Before we wrap up with segment one, maybe just any any fun names for you. I'll I'll start a little bit. One. Or a couple. So I've, I've already professed some love for Sean Tucker. I really like him uh, out of Syracuse. Um, him and his teammate, Garrett Williams. I won't go there. Uh, but last uh, pod. Like, that was last pod. You can check out Garrett last Williams. Pod. I, I do really like Matt Landers. Um, I think he's a really big physical receiver, has some good straight line speed, um, fits the mold of what they currently have and what Sean Payton likes, kind of big bodied guy that can. Uh, attack slants can play special teams. So that's one. I think that's one guy that I'm pretty interested in just seeing how that plays out. I think another one that I'm pretty excited about that I hope that there's legitimate interest in is uh, Joseph Nada, a receiver out of Clemson. I just like that they produce for the most part, they produce really solid players. And I think that the Broncos have missed out on some players like that. Uh, T Higgins, et cetera, uh, because there's an assumption sometimes of, of what they, what they can do over there. Um, some get overhyped. I think he was a pretty good prospect coming out, uh, injuries, et cetera. haven't, haven't allowed him to, to kind of fill in, but, um, 
but it gets good coaching. You know, Clemson does a really good job in, in some of their schemes and being able to prepare their skill players to, um, to, to adapt to the NFL game. And then one last one uh, is Payne Durham. Uh, he is a tight end out of Purdue, pretty big. I think he's like 255, um, six, five, 255, just a, a good bodied, well-rounded guy, a good tight end too. So, you know, someone like that uh, on day, early day three, my hope would be something like that would be someone that could come in, contribute and give them a, uh, a traditional inline tight end that, uh, that would allow Dulcich, et cetera, to, to be the move. And, you know, he's not overly great in any area per se, but I think he's a, I think he's a good prospect and, and someone that kind of fits the Dan Campbell's, et cetera, that, uh, that Sean Payton has handed before. So what are, what are a couple names that you're excited about or that you would, uh, you want to keep an eye on based on, you know, some of the meetings that they've had? Yeah, one that was recent was Jordan Rhodes out of Arkansas State, a uh, big offensive lineman. He's about 6'4", but his arms do not measure that. I think they were 36 and 36 plus inch arms, 89 wingspan. It was just insane. And and That's whenever crazy. you have that a little bit of extra ability to keep a a edge away from you, I think that's that's just huge for me. Be able to get that early punch in, engage mm-hmm. with that um, that edge rusher or whoever it may be, wherever you decide to move roads. I think that'd be a very interesting uh, late pick uh, to develop or, you know, someone again, the Broncos could be looking at undrafted free agent here. So I think that's uh, a player that they've kind of also are seeding something with letting them know, Hey, we're interested in, if you don't get drafted, why don't you just consider Denver in a way? Um, So he's, he's someone that I like. Um, Otherwise um, some other guys that have been brought in, uh, I've already talked about Jack Coletto, so we're not going to go there either. Uh, DeMarvion uh, Overshone, uh, the linebacker out of Texas, has been an interesting name, I think, for many years for us, uh, like we were speaking about earlier, uh, kind of pre, pre-pod. Um, we I think for a while he's had the eligibility to come out, and every single year he's gone back, he's decided to get better. Um, and that's been his, his answer. But at, at some point I felt like, it, you know, he wasn't getting the return on, on what he could achieve if he were to go to the NFL. And I felt like that was somewhat what happened this year. Um, so I'd really like to see him, but again, to me, he, he screams somewhat more of a, uh, blitzing linebacker. So uh, I'm not sure where that's needed. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, to me, that's a little bit late. Uh, you know, I'd, I'd rather have him late than, uh, s- select him, you know, in the fourth round where he probably should go. So those are those are two names that really jump off the page to me that we really haven't spoken about. And again, uh, with with those guys, it just it's been really recent. That we've seen them have some visits. Uh, Jack Witt from Northern Michigan, similar thing with Rhodes, just has freakish talent. You know, smaller school set. So you know, you, you developmental tackle, hoping for mm-hmm. years down the line for that to come. I like it. I like it. Well, we're gonna go ahead and pause here. We're gonna come back. John and I are going to debate or chat about, depends, depends on where we land. When we blink Sunday, April 30th, draft is over. What would be a successful draft? What do the Broncos need to do? Nay, what do they have to do to have a successful draft? We're going to chat about that and more here in just a moment. Stick with us. We will be right back.
and welcome back for the final segment in this here episode of the Orange and Brew podcast. Again, we're going to talk about what do the Broncos need to do to come away with a, an appropriate haul in a variety of, of scenarios. We're going to talk about that a little bit for them to have a successful draft. You know, it's something that they need to do. Oftentimes they're like, oh, it'd be really nice if it could be cool if, you know, what if they, nope, here's what they need to do. So, John, why don't you lead off some of your thoughts before we before we identify our must-have uh, plan for the Broncos? My thoughts are uh, very similar to yours in the past. We've had a lot of luxury picks. In the, well, not not in the sense of having luxury picks, but we, we've we known we've had some extra picks where we can take a few shots. And this year we don't have those extra shots to take uh, a flyer on having, you know, two safeties and we can let go of one that that doesn't fit fit out. Um, I think here you have to have, let's say if it's only five picks, you know, we'll talk about trades later. I think you have to hit three out of the five to be successful to start off. Let's say that it's five picks. Um, I know that's, you know, hitting 60%. I think that's, that's a fair um, expectation from the Broncos considering, um, you know, these are, you gain two, two of those picks are, you know, top uh, 75 picks. I I think that there's, you know, it's time for George Payton, uh, to really show what he's made of and not have these draft classes where they've been, you know, a few hit picks and then the rest has been kind of slowly, you know, the, going away and, uh, you know, being cut the next year. So I think that's what needs to be happening is these guys also stay on the roster beyond this year as well. It's not just a one year. Hey, you're here. We're trying you on the practice squad. We're trying you here. All right. We're cutting bait next year. I want these guys to be on the roster for multiple years to come as well. What's your initial thoughts of what needs, what, again, what must happen? I like it. I, I like those. A question for you before I go into mine. What does hit mean? When you, you know, say a, that you got to hit A hit to me can also mean a backup, I think, in, in a depth piece. Because, you know, if we're talking about mm-hmm. a fifth round pick, I'm not expecting the world out of this guy. I'm expecting, you know, a strong fifth round value where you're getting a, a backup, someone who can compete on special teams. Uh, that's what I'm talking about and as well. But the earlier picks, yes, you'd like someone who contribute uh, day, you know, you'd like someone who can contribute day one, but also, again, be someone who can grow, develop with the part of the future. And uh, I think that's someone who's successful. Again, talking about that they'll be here for the future. They're going to develop with the future. And they start off here when they come into rookie minicamp uh, and OTAs and all those different things. They come and they're prepared to get to work and learn from Sean Payton and the veterans. And they fit the, again, they fit also the culture that the Broncos are bringing in here as well. I like that. So, so I, think that that's, I, think, I think that that's a must, right? I, yeah. I, I think there needs to be tempered expectations for where they're picking and what's a contributor and what's a hit. I think that that's exactly, you know, depending on where, uh, you know, it would be nice if at least 60% of this draft class remains here, you know, at least sees the, you know, the whole four years through. I, I expect that the Broncos use two picks at least on the offensive line. I think if there are less than, that would be a disappointment for me. Um, and here's why. Two reasons. They need it with uncertainty at the center position and uncertainty past this year at the left tackle position. 
as much as I like Quinn Miners, who knows? You know, he he could regress. He could shoot through the moon. The the fact is, we just don't know yet. And injuries. So depth has just been an issue for this team for a long time. It would be nice if, like you said, you know, you get around fifth or sixth guy to come in and uh, and play the interior offensive line, for example. He doesn't have to start any games whatsoever. But if he is called on, he can come in and contribute, right? It's not a gaping hole. And, you know, you don't have to go out and spend a ton of money to bring in a veteran backup. You can utilize that money for, for other places. Sean Payton, and the second reason, Sean Payton has done a phenomenal job in the later rounds and finding offensive talent. Um, Jabari Evans, one of my favorite picks. I think he was a round four pick. Uh, a ton of day three. Jermaine Burchard. I think was around four. Um, Shreve, who's offensive line coach now, I think was around seven um, and played yeah. eight years, started a whole bunch of those, six to seven of those. So in fill in the blanks, there's, there's, there's been a lot. So he has used some premium picks over the last few years. And that was because the depth on the team was really good. So he can build this offensive line with guys that fit schematically what he wants to do in the range that they have selections. And I think that that's maybe why there isn't panic about it, but I would be disappointed if there isn't someone that can come in and compete at the center position and there isn't a developmental tackle option. I like the, the Mike McGlinchey selection, but again, you're, you're only here as long as you're guaranteed money. So really it's a two and a half year deal. Right. And, uh, and Garrett Bowles isn't going to be likely won't be here past this year. If you're able to get a Darnell right, et cetera, he might not be here going into this year. Uh, maybe you, you know, there's an injury to to someone's left tackle, and you are able to move Garrett for uh, for some pieces for next year, right? Since you had that pick swap, second to a third next year. So that to me would be really impactful. I would be disappointed if that didn't happen, uh, and I do think it will happen. I think that that's going to be an area that they address multiple assets in. I, I like it, especially since they're like we talk about we've been speaking about the depth at the the center guard position. I think you can select someone at center here. Let's say Cushenberry does win out. That's fine. All of a sudden you have someone learning center and guard um and has that versatility and, and can develop that way because there are so many guys who can play all three positions on the interior offensive line that you can select as well as and be that strong number one center. Um so there's there's no rush in my opinion on that center like you've been you know, like you just spoke about, uh, you can you can just take your time, let him develop, whoever it may be. And again, I, I'm expecting someone a little bit more kind of stout and a little bit different from Cushenberry, who's more who's been more of a uh, even though he's been good at pass or excuse me, run blocking. He just hasn't excelled in pass uh, blocking. So, um, yeah, I think they need competition there. Definitely. I, I agree with you there. And uh, offensive tackle, I think you bring in that developmental piece. Uh, definitely. And for me, I, I just don't see them being within range at this time for uh, someone to make a push this year. But like you said, all of a sudden next year, they're making a push for that offensive tackle position. And like we we're talking about with McGlinchey, uh, you know, he, two and a half year two two year deal, essentially, um, even though it's a five year deal, has all that money. You can get out after year three and, and be OK. So uh, the Broncos can look forward ahead to the those new offensive tackles already, even though they're, you know, we love the, both the guys. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, really, right. That is a position that they will be back in play to be able to draft next year and get an immediate impact player. So it's not necessarily that they don't have to do it, but having a long-term swing option would be great. 
Um, you know, who they might bring someone back, Cam Fleming, et cetera. We love Cam. I think that would be a good move. But I think you have to be prepared. And and you listed a few. We talked about Jake Witt. Uh, we didn't talk about Jake Witt yet. Northern Michigan offensive tackle, someone that they were interested in, probably a late uh, day three guy, UDF maybe. Uh, but there's some other options that you can get and I think that you can develop. So that to me would be really important. So now, now I want you to tell me what has to happen. Give me the, give me three things, et cetera. Just give me a good synopsis of if this doesn't happen by Sunday, you know, at the end of it, we won't know necessarily that there's, there's hits or not. Um, but we know what they have to address or we know what we believe they have to address. Um, and what would you see as a successful you know, we do the podcast Sunday night, Monday morning, whatever that might be. Who knows? We're able to say, I give this a, I give this draft an A. What would that look like for you? For me, I think that what that would look like, uh, I, I think that would entail a few surprises, honestly, for me. I think uh, a solid B grade would be what I expect. It'd be, you know, what we've kind of talked about uh, previously. Um, a would be something you know, just something I didn't expect to happen that I think is is kind of genius and and didn't see a, an opportunity to happen. Uh, names that you know, I, again for me, seeing an A uh, is going above and beyond, and I I just don't see the Broncos being within that range. So uh, a big time trade would really be something that would get me in that A A range. What about yourself? For me, for this to be an A. They have to make those five picks, seven picks. Uh, so a move back, ideally, probably from 68 and maybe again from 104. I think it's 104. I'm going to keep saying 104 unless someone reminds me it's not. Uh, you know, mid to you, you move from early round three to get two fours and move back from one of those fours to, to get a five and a seven. You know, I don't know, something like that. Were you able to kind of stack your, your depth pieces? I think that that to me would be uh, unnecessary. I do think that they need more darts, especially because I think the depth, in my opinion, needs to get addressed. The second thing that I think has to happen is they got to come away with three different types of players, in my opinion. One, someone that can come in and be a rotation piece of the defensive line. I think that's a must. It doesn't have to be someone that's going to play 50%, 60% start, but someone that has the tools and development capability to, to be Matt Henningsen, right? I mean, a guy that come in might take a few games to, to get their, uh, to get their opportunity or maybe more. Um, but in my opinion, someone that's, that's a little bit more freak athletically uh, that can, that you can mold into a pass rushing threat. So, that's one. Two, again, they need to address the offensive line. There has to be depth. They have to leave with guys that they feel can make the roster. And then we'll go from there. It's a little bit like getting the playoffs. Guys that can make a roster, you know, maybe they get pushed into a starting role. You didn't think they were ready. They play real well. It's Brock Purdy. You know, it's a guy that's like, oh, we drafted him. We thought he was smart. He could lift the floor of the room. He had to start for some reason. And now he's going to be our starter for the next five years. That That would be the take that I would have. And then the last piece is they need to add one additional uh, playmaker in the secondary. And so someone that can, I would think, 
you would want to hedge your bet, bring in someone that can uh, challenge for the fourth corner spot or, you know, uh, or nickel safety. Someone that come in and be Quan Williams after or hedge your bet that Mari Mathis isn't ready. But I think just adding more more good players to that room is a necessity. So if a, if a top 50 prospect at safety falls, go get him. If uh, if there's a, a piece or two, you know, we had talked about Garrett Williams. That to me would be a really good flyer. I think he's a guy, if he didn't tear his ACL, would probably go much, much higher. So might it might work in their favor where that's a guy that could be a really long-term answer for the problem. But, you know, you got to wait eight weeks while he he heals to to get to that year perspective. And um, and as someone that can contribute long-term. So I think if I would like those things, those three things. That stuff has to happen, in my opinion, for it to be successful. And then the would likes, I think they have to address the running back room. They need to they need to bring someone in that can catch a pass out of the backfield, or they hedge it the other way and they got to get someone that's a good first and second down pick up the blitz. Maybe not necessarily a uh, anything more than a swing guy, but. Um, but can get you four or five yards in a chunk, Latavius Murray, et cetera, like that kind of guy. Because I think that completes with Samaj P. Ryan uh, a little bit of what they're looking at out there. And then you go find a scat back that's that's left in free agency to a vet men. Uh, but I'd really like that. I think that those things need to occur for this team to feel good moving forward. What are your I have agree. What is uh they get if they don't do this? No, I'm for, for me, no redundancy, honestly. I, I've had enough mm, of like seeing that. You know, we, we don't need to have, bring in another quarterback. That room has been filled at this point. I understand a lot of people, you know, want that. But again, same thing when, it, when we're speaking about our running backs. I don't need, like you were just saying, the same body type. I want someone with a different body type uh, than what the, the room already has. Um, so, you know, we the Broncos don't need the, the same kind of players. It's let's let's get get some new players in here again when we're talking about the tight end. Uh, maybe this is, you know, you need someone like you're talking about the kind of middle person in between Dulcich and, uh, you know, the rest of the group. Um, so for me, no redundancy would be key, especially when we're talking about the defensive line. And you said, like you said, that you have a few different body types that can fill in different snaps. And then it's more of a rotational kind of room. It, it's not as much of a, hey, you have to play a certain amount of snaps. You have to play all game. It's going to be a more room rotational kind of thing. Uh, so no redundancy is a big thing for me. Um, also, you know, I feel like the Broncos have to stay in their lanes and not worry about what the other teams are doing. Peyton has to be, both Peytons have to be true to themselves and go by what they've done in the past. Um, even if you have a, one of the owners, you know, pushing hard for a certain player, I don't expect that to happen. Um, but if, you know, be true to what your system is essentially is what I, I feel like from, from Peyton to how he's going to get, you know, both Peyton's how they're getting ready for the draft. Be true how to yourself, and then finally, um, I think you have to look for one home run hit that you know you could miss on. Um, but I think with that, you would like to build in some special teams. So I'd, I'd like a home run hitter um, of some sort for the offense. I like it, and I, th- I and I think that home yeah. run hitter probably it comes at the cost of someone else. Obviously, who's you know coming at the cost of Washington or someone else who can be a you know someone in special teams. Uh, so that's I, I am looking for that home run hitter, basically that KJ Hamler that's never been able to to sure. be. 
Yeah. You know, I think anyone that's on the roster now, in my opinion, especially at those positions, hasn't done enough to feel safe. <laughs> you know, like I love KJ. I think KJ has the opportunity to be a really good player in this league. He hasn't done enough in the league to be exempt from uh, it's- from criticism, from challenge, all that stuff. So I agree with you. I, I would say the same as Jerry. Uh, I think Jerry has done much more. I think we all see what he could be. He hasn't earned that yet. Um, Cortland earned it. And then over the last few years, it hasn't been there. And then Tim's going to come back from injury. Um, you know, there isn't really that kind of running back in the room. So there is not a, uh, you know, this guy can take you 80 yards and and run away from guys. You and I talked about that, I think, a few pods ago. So I think so, too. I think there's got to be, I mean, even if it's a one or two trick pony, maybe they're really good at that one or two tricks. And that's something that Sean Payton can can utilize much more. So I agree with you. I think that there needs to and can be someone like that. Um, and I hope that that that's something that they look for. That's for sure. Any final thoughts before we adjourn? No, the, the draft is coming up fast. What is it now? Uh, um, let's see. 13 days away. Am I yeah. right? Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's here. And then, uh, then camps are starting and you know, it's, it's coming fast. So this, fast. this off season really did go by, at least in my opinion, extremely fast compared to last year. It's just yep. my personal opinion. Yeah, I think so too. And especially since the Broncos won't be picking in the first <laughs> on Thursday, so most yeah. of us can go ahead and nap, you know, see who well, happens or what happens in the first five. And then, um, you know, be ready by eight o'clock on Friday. Exactly. And, and for me, uh, <laughs> luckily I picked the Lions as like my tertiary team. Good. So, you know, yeah. I have like, I've, I've yeah, they're going to be busy. They're going to be busy and, day uh, one. So I have a team to root for on day one. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited for the Lions. They can go in a variety of different directions. They control they the, the again part of the draft. Number six pick and, and get some more. Um, should still be able to get some that contribute. What is it like six and 18? I think that they have, they're uh you know, pretty good, nice young roster with an opportunity to get even better. So go Lions. And uh, uh, and we're going to adjourn here for my man, John K. I am the Dr. Nicholas Manning. Again, follow us again at the Orange and Brew podcast at Orange and underscore Brew. Be nice to one another. And of course, go Broncos. Go Broncos. How powerful is the Cox Network? So powerful that one day, the internet will let your doctor perform miracles from thousands of miles away. Connecting to remote operating room. Giving a whole new meaning to the term house call. Operation complete. The Cox Network. With gig speeds everywhere. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, bringing us closer. In Cox serviceable areas, speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms apply. Other restrictions may apply. Progressive Insurance protects people's cars, homes, and other vehicles. But if you've ever seen our commercials or even just heard our name, you probably already knew that. What you may not know is that we support Humble Design, a nonprofit that furnishes homes for families and veterans emerging from homelessness. Because a little help goes a long way. And a lot of help. Well, you get the idea. Now, if you already knew all of this about Progressive Insurance, we're impressed. We'll have to find something else cool to tell you next time. Find out more about how we're dedicated to our customers and communities at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates.